0: Well, I heard you. Shaw Jerry Adams Arish. Augusta Solagum, Gawil Shibsha, Gomoy. Augusta Tame, Barisgra, Gohan Moy. Augusta explain if we can't we Shankara Domsa, John Joe, Magar, Ardus. So, hey, john John-Joe McGurl. Well, John-Joe McGurl is from Balnamore in County, Leitrim. And people are going to gather there this weekend, actually yesterday, from all over Leitrim and beyond to celebrate the life of John-Joe. And in what is close on, 60 years of activism, I've been very lucky to meet many wonderful, committed, compassionate Republicans and John Joe McGuire is one of these. There's a monument to him uh, in Balnamore, actually designed by Robert Balla, the internationally renowned Irish uh, artist. and. It's the more Festival Week this week and folks will walk from John McGaughan Square, John McGaughan, one of our very, very well-known writers, to John Joe's monument. Now, for many of my generation, John Joe was an inspiration. I first met him in the late 1960s I was in my late teens. I travelled by bus from Belfast to Anniskillen one Friday evening, and then take to Balne Moor. I slept in a ditch in a field in my trusty sleeping bag overnight and then landed in Balne on a Saturday morning. And John Joe brought me to sleep in Aeron, to Lock Allen to Drumshambo, and the coal miners in Arrigna were on strike at the time when we attended one of their meetings. John Joe was deeply committed to transforming the lives of ordinary citizens who were burdened by poverty and deprivation. And his concern for rural Ireland was obvious and for the tens of thousands forced to emigrate and all of that helped shape my own politics. He connected the national he connected the national and the local, a lesson I have never forgotten. And before anyone else, he understood the importance of the restoration of our inland waterways. He was a champion of education and a great supporter of local libraries. He was also a strong Gilgore, and like me, a faithful and hopeful supporter of our respective county teams. I also met Brady, John Joe's wife. They had been married in 1951 and had five children, Liam and Anya and Couch, Fergal and Nuala. And given the frequency of John Joe's periods in prison, Brady did a great job of rearing the children. As well as being vice president of Sinn Féin, a former POW and a TD, and a Republican activist for decades, John Joe also had a long connection with Belfast. He was a, a very good friend of my uncle Dominic's. The two of them had been held in the glass house in the Currah away back in the olden days. And John Joe had the distinction of being in two different prisons when both were set on fire by Republican prisoners. The first time was in the notorious Cora. In Dece- December 1940 where he was savagely beaten and the second time was in Long Cache in 1974. John Joe had travelled to Belfast at Easter that year to give the Easter Commemoration speech and the British Army thought he was Seamus Toomey and he was arrested and when they discovered their mistake John Joe was sent to the internee end of the Long Cache prison camp. And when he arrived in all of us attorneys, all younger guys mostly, thought poor old John Joe, we felt so sorry for him. But there was no sadness or despair in John Joe. He had been down that road many times before. Later in October that year, the Republicans burnt Long to the ground. There was a fierce series of running battles throughout the night and the following morning in different parts of the camp between the Republicans and the British Army. And in the midst of this, John Joe was hit in the face by a rubber bullet. If my recollection is right, his jaw was fractured. As flames licked around the watchtower towers, I made my way to John Joe and asked how he, how he was. His response I'm all right, as long as you folks are all right. Speaking later about his time in Long Case, John Joe said, I spent nine months there. I saw young men fight hand-to-hand with British soldiers. I know what it means to be kicked, beaten, gassed, made to sleep in a blanket under a sheet of iron in the month of October. I was glad to join this new generation in writing their chapter in the fight for independence. I'm proud to say of them, that no generation has produced braver or better. John Joe's entire adult life was a reflection of the years of Republican struggle through the 30s, the 1940s and 1950s, 60s, 70s and 80s. Five decades of selfless commitment to the struggle for Irish freedom. He was, in many ways, the unbreakable Fenian, the gentle soldier. During the 1981 hunger strike, John Joe travelled the length and breadth of the southern state rallying support for the men on the blanket and for the hunger strikers and for the women in Armagh. In June 1981, in the general election, Kieran Dock and Paddy Aggie were elected as TDs. Joe McDowell came close to taking a seat in Slego Leitrim, which was John Joe's constituency. And despite the risk of arrest, John Joe attended his funeral in Belfast. He gave the oration at Joe's graveside in Milltown. He said, Joe MacDonald died rather than debase the cause he served, rather than live with the forced tag of criminality on him. We will build Joe MacDonald a memorial, and that will be the freedom and unity of the Irish people. In 1986, John Joe seconded the motion calling for an end to the abstentionist policy towards Leinster House. As a former abstentionist MP, it was a big decision for him to take. It was for him a necessary step, if in his words, we're not going to hand the struggle to another generation. Martin McGuinness, like me, loved John Joe. In a tribute to him, Martin described John Joe as a progressive thinker always prepared to consider, support, and propose new ways for the Republican movement to advance. He wasn't prepared to stand still or to hold to old, outdated tactics which were incapable of developing the struggle on all fronts. He was an extraordinary man, an inspiration to all who knew him. We will treasure his memory. And then, just as the feeling and was coming to an end on it, it was really a, an outstanding success. And in particular, it provided a wonderful range of debates and conversations on many issues surrounding constitutional change, but on other matters as well. So well done to Harry and Kevin and Sam and all the failed team, Moishev, Shiv. The quality of the debates was excellent. All were packed out, the breadth of speakers, academics, journalists, political and community activists, sports people, and many shades of opinion, including a greater number than before, from the broadly cultural unionist Protestant tradition, was uplifting. Among these was a highly informative conversation between human rights lawyer Colin Harvey and Alpha Smith. Alpha is well-known and she's highly respected as a campaigner on many social justice campaigns. She was a key player in the successful coalition to repeal the Eighth Amendment and was co-director of Together for Yes in 2018. She told of one of her first decisions to take a stand in 1973. At that time she was a young academic in University College Dublin When she got married in early 73, UCD asked her to leave. At that time, there was a bar on married women joining the civil servant, and if a woman married, she had to resign. Alpha refused to leave. In June of that year, new legislation was introduced to lift the bar. Alpha stood her ground and won. Colin and Alpha's discussion centered on the role of citizens' assemblies and creating change and the risks and opportunities such assemblies can present. Colin reminded us that there's a huge political transformation taking place across this island and people across all sections of society are increasingly getting involved in the con- conversation about our constitutional future. It was a masterclass from Alpha on how to run a campaign the importance of being inclusive, of strategizing, the need to build alliances, the use of language and messaging, the framing of the campaign, and the managing and the nuts and bolts of creating a cohesive multi-layered organization. And all of that, I think, is something we all of us have to take into account as we continue to try and build that type of a campaign. So Chine, I'm I'm doing quite a lot of reading at the minute. One of the big events at Scribe at, at the Fela is Scribes at the at the Rock. And it's it's Donny Morrison's child, it's it's his uh achievement to have cap scribes at the rock going for as long as he has. I think it's twenty four years now, so fair play to you, uh Donny. And I'm going to return to the books that uh, I picked up at this year's Scribes. I'm finishing off one by, which I got before, The Fela, the Graces by Siobhan McGowan. And this is a wonderful uh, piece of storytelling. And I'll let you know at the end of it how I got on with it. And also with the others that came from the rock. So Shennai, Shin Mamej are in last shot, the Kunoja and Shakhtan Shah hugging. So Toraira, Toguboge, Boge, Slan Augustpanakti.